Hello, Neighbors Church and dear friends. Welcome to another Monday session of Contemplate. Man, it has been heavy. These are hard and difficult times that we find ourselves in. And so our hearts all around are hurting. The political polarities, COVID, quarantine, the uncertainties of fiscal collapse, and now again this eruption of racial injustice and police brutality. And so again for today we're going to return to the language of lament for our meditation time. We'll be working our way through a passage that I have returned to over and over and over. Lamentations chapter 3. I would encourage you, you can even pause now and give it a read for yourself before entering into this deep read of it. But rather than reading the passage from a traditional translation, I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. He seems to capture the agony of human suffering, and he is unapologetic in the way that he paraphrases some of the rage and the anger and the confusion and frustration that humans experience in times of travail and trouble. My intention is to lead us through two readings of the passage because it's quite lengthy, but we need to sit in it for the whole duration as it takes us on a journey into the deeps of our troubles and our pain and the pain of others. It affords us an opportunity to put words to emotions and places of pain that we just find too complicated or too terrifying to put words to. But it takes us on a journey from those depths to turning points of hope, to God's steadfast love, his unconditional everlasting, always looking for you and towards you and towards all of humanity and our highest flourishing, that love is where the psalmist takes us. So as always, I would invite you now to find a quiet place where you're not going to be disturbed for 15 or 20 minutes. And as you're seated with both feet on the ground, spine nice and tall, where you can breathe deeply down into your body. Just begin by taking in a deep breath into your belly. No need to be forceful. You're just taking the air in. And all we're doing in this time now is reminding ourselves that we are spirit, that we are intellect and mind, but we are also physical body cells and chemicals and tissues and muscle and bone. We are embodied creatures, embodied souls. We're not just brains in a jar. And there is no separation. Breathe in deep through your nose, down into your belly. There is no separation between body, mind, and spirit. All of these factors of our humanness interact with one another. And so the emotions that we're carrying, another deep breath into your belly, the tensions, 
and the frustrations. Those things exist in our body. And so as we breathe, we're just becoming aware of where our bodies are hurting. And those points of hurt are reflections of where our souls are weighted with the brokenness of this world. Another deep breath. And now just traveling from your toes slowly, letting your awareness travel through your body, your feet, not just the exterior, but the interior. Try to get into the marrow of the bones. Feel the tissues traveling up through your ankles, deep inside and letting your awareness flow over each cell, fearfully and wonderfully made, up through your calves, another deep breath into your belly, up through the knees and into the upper legs, those big muscles that move you through time and space, make you active, the quadriceps and hamstrings, into your hips, deep into the bones, into your abdomen now. Just becoming aware now of where these emotions reside in our bodies as we travel up through our stomach and intestines, kidneys, pancreas, all these organs that live and breathe within us. Into the center of our being and in our heart, here we often find anxiety, anger, fear, agony. No need to resist any of that as you get into the center of your being. Just breathe into it. Being aware of your body, your soul, your mind, your emotions, and the presence of God. Jesus promised from our innermost being, that deepest place within us. From there would flow rivers of living water. Feel your lungs taking in air, a gift from God. The weight of your body pressing down into the chair. We're not resisting any of this anger. We're not resisting any of this uncertainty or anxiety or grief or agony. We're not resisting it, but we're also not letting it control us in this time. We are with it, with God, the Holy Spirit. And he feels as we feel. He knows, he grieves, he hurts into the shoulders, arms, down through your lower arms and fingertips. Oftentimes we find stress and tension carried in between our shoulder blades and up into our necks. And Jesus said, take my yoke, that my burden is easy. Just letting your body now, without resistance or force, rest and receive from Jesus his humble, light, easy, and soft burden into your necks. Another deep breath into your belly. Noticing your tongue there resting in the bottom of your mouth, 
No need to even move it. This is not a time for us to pray outwardly. This is a time for us to come and be still and receive. And in our silence, listening to the texts of Scripture put words to the emotions and pain that we're feeling. And now, into the backs of our eyes, our sinus cavities, even now noticing your brain up in your skull and up through the top of your head. As we begin this reading, I want to invite you with the Holy Spirit to envision George Floyd, the cops. It's okay if you feel anxiety and anger and grief with this imagery. So does our God, so deeply. Now just expand your imagination and awareness out in an act of prayer and pure faith to all of your black friends, humans that we love. Maybe you're black as you're listening to this. Envision yourself alongside all of your friends, the black community. God may grant you images in this time. I see countless millions of black humans with tears streaming down their faces right now. This next point of envisionment may be difficult for some of us, and that's okay. But I'd like you to think of police officers that you know. Not the police force, this nebulous mob that we can't speak to or control, but actual friends that we know who are in the police system who are grieved and broken over the death of black humans at the hands of their co-workers. When you feel this grief and this anger, this swirl of emotions, again, I want to invite you to not resist it, but with the Holy Spirit, just be with it and know that God is grieving in greater measure with you and in this. And now just holding the agony of racial injustice in our minds and in our hearts and the many other factors that make this season so heavy, the ridiculous political conversation going on, swirling about us like a hurricane. It's so frustrating, so enraging, and that's okay. the way that we feel limited and out of control because of COVID-19 and quarantine and these heavy, heavy emotions give birth to so many things that we don't know how to express, but our God does. With these things born in mind, I'll begin reading one of Lamentations 3.
I'm the man or the woman who has seen trouble. Trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. He took me by the hand and walked me into pitch black darkness. Yeah, he's given me the back of his hand over and over and over again. He turned me into a scarecrow of skin and bones. Then he broke the bones. He hemmed me in, ganged up on me, poured on the trouble and hard times. He locked me up in deep darkness like a corpse nailed inside a coffin. He shuts me in so I will never get out. Manacles my hands, shackles my feet, even when I cry out and plead for help. He locks up my prayers and throws away the key. He sets up blockades with quarried limestone. He's got me cornered. He's a prowling bear tracking me down, a lion and hiding ready to pounce. He knocked me from the path and ripped me to pieces. When he finished, there was nothing left of me. He took out his bow and arrows and used me for target practice. He shot me in the stomach with arrows from his quiver. Everyone took me for a joke, made me the butt of their mocking ballads. He forced rotten, stinking food down my throat, bloated me with vile drinks. He ground my face into the gravel. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. I have forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, this is it. I'm finished. God is a lost cause. I'll never forget the trouble, the other lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love could not have run out. His merciful love could not have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I am sticking with God. I say it over and over. He is all I have left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It is a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It is a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. 
when life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master will never walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. And so ends reading one of Lamentations 3, 1 through 33. The language is harsh. The language makes us uncomfortable. But the language reflects the agony and angst of our time. What so many of our friends feel like, maybe you feel like today, this man who has seen the trouble, this woman who has felt walked out on by God. This prayer from the psalmist, these words of reflection from the, from the author of Lamentations, they can be your words in relationship with your father. They can communicate to him where you are, who you are, what you're experiencing, and he hears, he listens. Another deep breath into our bellies. holding once again not just the mob of faces, whether that be rioters and protesters or police officers, the nebulous mob of us against them, them against us. But this time, for this reading, please hold real humans that you know in your mind's eye. Black friends, police officers, real humans, image bearers that you're in relationship with. Hold maybe even your own image of yourself in mind. And for the second reading, allow these words to be put to the situations of relationships that you're in. final deep breath. I'm the man. I'm the woman. My friend is the man. My friend is the woman who has seen trouble. Trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. He took us by the hand and walked us all into pitch black darkness 
Yes, he's given us the back of his hand over and over and over again. He turned us into scarecrows of skin and bones. And then he broke those bones. He hemmed us in. He ganged up on us. He poured on the trouble and hard times. He locked us up in deep darkness like corpses nailed inside coffins. He shuts us out so we'll never get out. Manacled our hands, shackles our feet. Even when we cry out and plead for help, he locks up our prayers and throws away the key. He sets up blockades with quarried limestone. He's got us cornered. He's a prowling bear tracking us down, a lion in hiding ready to pounce. He knocked us from the path and ripped us to pieces. When he was finished, there was nothing left of us. He took out his bow and arrows, used us for target practice. He shot us in the stomach with arrows from his quiver. Everyone took us for a joke, made us the butt of their mocking ballads as he forced rotten, stinking food down our throats and bloated us with vile drinks. He ground our faces into the gravel and pounded us into the mud. We gave up on life altogether. We forgot what the good life was like. We said to ourselves, this is it. We're finished. God, he's a lost cause. Another deep breath. We will never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison that we've swallowed. We remember it all, and oh, how well we remember. That feeling of hitting the bottom. But there is one other thing we remember. And remembering, we keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love could not have run out. His merciful love could not have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. We are sticking with God. We say it over and over. He is all we have left. God proves to be good to those who passionately wait, to those who diligently seek. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when we're young to stick it out through these hard times. When life is heavy, and hard to take. Let us go off by ourselves. Enter the silence together. Bow in prayer.
together. Not ask questions together. Wait for hope to appear together. Let us not run from this trouble. May we take it full face. Because the worst is never the worst. Why? Because our master will never walk out and fail to return. If he is working severely, he will also work tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. And so ends reading two of Lamentations three. Take time now, if you have it, to cry, to be still, to wait from hope for hope, to know the grief of God in your soul, to feel his grief for the brokenness of this world, and to find your way to find your way aligned with him that he might give you a humble voice of love and gentleness and peace that as we learn the language of lament we would be the people of peace that Jesus has called us to be that we would be a pastoral presence for lost sheep a prophetic presence to a corrupt and broken culture a gentle people, a humble and rested people who are rejoicing even in great tragedy because our God will never walk out on us. Dear friend, if you can this week, take time to rest and know that your Father knows what we all need. He is coming coming soon, and may we all cry out, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We are ready to be redeemed with all of creation. We groan for the sons of God and the daughters of God to be raised unto eternal life and all wrong made right. Shalom, my friend.